took this show on the road. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Aleworks coming to you from Houston. Let's get right to it. Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe, the road pod edition. Like I mentioned, the team is on the road during their regular season opener road trip. The team's already played their first game in Salt Lake City, and now they are gearing up for their second game in Houston Gallo. This is our very first road trip of the regular season. It we're, we're still getting back into regular season form. Yeah, and I hope you guys didn't think that we weren't going to bring you the Thunder <laughs> Basketball Universe. We're on the road. We're still presented by Coop Aleworks, as always. And Paris, this is just so much fun being back in the mix. You, you feel so much more connected to the team, to the league, to the fan bases when you are in these situations. And I just know last night on the floor in Salt Lake City... It, it, it was a totally different vibe than the last year and a half that we've had covering these games remotely and up high in the stands. Yeah, Gallo, you and I have earpieces where we listen to our producer and they, they, they're able to talk to us. I had to turn that thing up Jack super, up. super yep. loud with all of the fans <laughs> that were in the arena at Vivint, a home arena last night. And the, it was a really fun atmosphere and you could tell the, guy, the guys really got into it as well. Yeah, I mean, when you stand courtside, you feel how jacked up they are. I start to feel like, okay, I'm in the heat of competition here a little bit too. Um, you know, it was fun. It's just some of those things that, that we're, we're not used to after some time off. You know, Lou Dort, like, ripping off his warm-ups right. right in front of me. I kind of had to, like, duck and dodge out of the way there as I was about to, to do my opening hit on the Valley Sports <laughs> Oklahoma broadcast. Um, but but it's just, it's a special feeling, obviously, for this young Thunder team mm -hmm. with 10 guys on the roster who are under 25 years old to play in that environment, one of the loudest, toughest places to play in the league against the team that had the best record in all of the NBA last year. An incredible test. And the fact that they were resilient and mm -hmm. that they competed the entire night, I think was a really good sign just about sort of the mental fortitude of the team. Truly a great way to open up the regular season for this young group. We're going to talk a lot about that game. But before we get into it, let's let's play a round of You Can Shay That Again and name that dude. Gallo, I'll let you go first with your quote. All right. So my quote was, don't walk past the locker room. And, you know, I... I this is not a reference to like us being in a fog because we landed at 315 last night in Houston. Uh, this is this is actually a quote from a Thunder player. So, and I know exactly who it is. I, I won't forget it because it, it was just like a really heartfelt moment for for this guy. It was Derek Favors, and obviously spent a lot of time during his career in Salt Lake City. Really built his career here at, there in Salt Lake City, and it was a really emotional night for him to be able to return back. Right, yeah. So Derek, uh, just for full context, played nine and a half seasons in Utah. He did not start his career there. He did not uh, play there a couple years ago when he was in New Orleans. But the last time that he was a visitor in Salt Lake City was his rookie year playing for the New Jersey Nets. Interesting. Paris, I'm, I'm not even sure if you have any familiarity. I don't even know if you would know what the New Jersey Nets logo looks like. Um, I could but, point it out yeah. in the lineup, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so obviously the world has changed quite a bit since the last time uh, Derek was 
a member of the road team heading into that arena there in Utah. And so uh, he, he just said he had, to, he had to get his muscle memory right as he walked in. Obviously, you know, he is a guy that has cemented himself in terms of his legacy uh, with the Jazz, ranks in the top 10 in a number of statistical categories for them all time. And so when they played that great video tribute for him yeah. in the first half, um, he said that he he needed to just make sure he didn't get too emotional out there on the floor. And and he did his his thing. He he played physically. He was sort of a stabilizing presence out there. You could tell when Derek was on the floor. And, and so uh, he just said he, he wanted to make sure he didn't walk past where the Thunder locker room was. And he said it was actually the first time that he had seen the, the visitor's locker room inside right. that building. That's so interesting. And I, I love what Mark said after the game about how he did a really good job of staying focused in the mm-hmm. competition. I can only imagine how tough that might have been for Derek. Even, especially going up against Rudy Gobert in a different uniform, right. somebody who you have been, you know, going at in practice for years and years and years. I was really impressed to see how he was able to maintain composure and really stay locked in the competition. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be crazy to be sort of this like fire and ice combo with somebody <laughs> yeah. for almost a decade and then all of a sudden you're like playing against him you know it'd be like somehow if you and I were having like dueling podcasts like how, how would that work out I have no I, idea I literally yeah. couldn't tell you yeah I have no idea it doesn't it's not gonna happen anyway all, all right. right Paris uh, hit me with your quote <laughs> I'm gonna go with I kind of got the nervousness nervousness out during preseason. All right. I think that this is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That is correct. correct. Okay. Yes. This game is yeah. going to get really easy with yeah. me and you. <laughs> yeah, we, we need some guests on so that we can really throw some curveballs. Yeah, people. exactly. This is Jeremiah Robinson Earl before the game against Utah. And he was basically just asked, how are you feeling? Obviously, this is your first regular season game. What are your emotions going into it? And he said, you know, This preseason really helped me out a lot, got all of my nervousness out, and his routine didn't change much coming into this this regular season opener. And so that really, I think, spoke volumes to what we saw from all four of the rookies out there on the floor in that regular season opener. They were able to use that that preseason to really get into form and and kind of shake off some of any nervousness and get into what it means to play in the NBA. Yeah, and the fact that he wasn't really phased by the fact that Mark Dagnall played 13 guys last night. I mean, a normal NBA yeah. rotation is nine or 10 guys. He JRE was not really in that sort of initial wave of players that came onto the floor. Isaiah Roby was the first sub at that five spot. Right. But as the course of the game went on, Mark decided that he wanted to add a little bit of a different wrinkle. And this is something we can continue to talk about here, but just using him as a pick and pop threat. He, there's a lot of different options on this Thunder roster for that five spot. And Jeremiah has shown his versatility and ability to kind of add a little something different in that lineup as well. But in terms of just the poise that the, the all those rookies showed last mm-hmm. night, I'm, I think of Trey Mann and, and Josh Giddy out there as well. They didn't seem phased. I mean, Utah, Gallo, this is my first time experiencing a Utah Mm -hmm. crowd. They were loud. They were raucous. They were noisy. And you could tell that the rookies, they were were composed. They were not overwhelmed. Yeah, and just specifically to Jeremiah, the way that Mark kind of deployed him in that second half was a really interesting wrinkle. And it's, I think, something for us to put a pin in as we move forward in Jeremiah's career. Basically, Utah was able to play in that drop coverage all night long with Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, and they were really limiting the Thunder's ability to get to the rim and get clean shots down there. The Thunder wasn't shooting the ball particularly well from behind the three-point line, 
And so Mark decided we need to be in an offensive situation where all five guys on the floor are threats from the three-point line. And so they used Jeremiah as a pick-and-pop guy, Mm -hmm. and he got two wide-open three-pointers that he knocked down. And you could start to see Gobert and Whiteside maybe think a little bit more, hesitate a little bit more about whether they're going to stay in the lane or whether they're going to go rush out and contest those shots. I think that's definitely something to look forward to throughout the reg- the whole regular season of how Coach Dagnall really is able to manipulate mm-hmm. that five spot and tailor it specifically to the opposition that they're facing that night. And it's really cool to see how versatile that spot is on this roster right now. And it's going to be crucial for the young playmakers on this team, mm-hmm. Shea, Giddy, Trey Mann, to be able to recognize who's on the floor with them and play out of that. Definitely. All right, that was a really good one, Gallo. Uh, that was a good game there. Even though we know the, na- the names probably at this point, I think that was still pretty good. That's just, it's still a fun game. I'm fine if we shoot a high percentage on these pairs. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I'm cool with that. All right, let's go into name that dude, Gallo. You go first. Okay, this, this guy scored nine points on four of seven shooting, and he played 15 minutes. Nine points, four of seven, 15 minutes, you said? 15 minutes. Is that Trey Mann? It is Trey Mann. That's Trey Mann. Yeah, so fellow rookie. He came in and, I mean, you talk about poise. So confident. His first NBA bucket was a sidestep fading three-pointer over Rudy Gobert. At the buzzer. Yeah, at the end of the (laughs) quarter. I mean... This this kid, we we know that he came in with the ability to shoot the ball. Right. Mark and, and the coaching staff have really encouraged him to be aggressive with his shot. And, you know, he was kind of taking the temperature of things in the preseason, but he came out ready to rip on on, uh, on Wednesday night. I, I was really impressed. We saw him in a lot of different lineups throughout preseason, and it seemed kind of whatever situation he was in, he, he was kind of settled into it. He didn't really need a lot of time to gear up or figure things mm-hmm. out. He just kind of stepped right in and got going, which is impressive for a rookie. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that shiftiness that he has yep. on the floor is something that Mark Dagnall and the coaching staff are really going to try to tap into. And you could just see him playing with the ball a little bit. There was one time where he over dribbled into the lane and he lost it. And that is a great learning opportunity against a long rangy disciplined Utah defense. Mm-hmm. But for him to be able to get off seven shots in 15 minutes, I think yeah. is a really big deal. That is exactly what the coaching staff wanted to see. And I think you make a good point here that, you know, this wasn't a great shooting night for the mm-hmm. Thunder overall. And, you know, there were a lot of highs and lows for for the Thunder. But the takeaways are so valuable because yeah. you're going up against, like you mentioned, a high caliber team in Utah, a team that's going to be in the playoffs and is fighting for a championship. And so going up against them, you have to be efficient. You have to be sharp. And so taking all of those lessons, that's something you carry with you throughout the rest of the season and look back on, build upon going forward. And it's such an interesting point in the Thunder franchise's history, too. So Jeremiah Robinson Earl has 10 points last night. Uh, Trey Mann has nine. Those rank in the top five for the highest scoring outputs for thund- a Thunder rookie in their NBA debut in, in OKC history. It just goes to show kind of where this organization has been over the last 13 years mm-hmm. that it's been here. So many veterans, so many guys that are playing at a high level where rookies weren't necessarily getting thrust into these like high impact roles where right. the ball was going to be in their hands. This is a totally different situation for the thunder players thunder fans so embrace all of this watch these guys grow in real time it's it's actually gonna be a a lot of fun to watch and Mm -hmm. so far even throughout preseason gallo how much have we seen from these guys in terms of their growth and just seeing trey man go from trying to figure out where he can get his shots to taking those shots and being aggressive it's really cool to see in real time okay i'm going with my stat line here yeah seven points 
three of five field goals, also 15 minutes. K-Rich. That's Kenny Hustle. Kenny Hustle. It was so good to see him back out on the floor. And Gal, I, you brought this up during preseason, just seeing this group, you know, Kenny, Ken, Kenrich wasn't able to play throughout mm -hmm. those four preseason games just because he was dealing with a bruised toe. And you mentioned how, you know, you just kind of wanted to wondered what it would be like out there with Kenrich out on the floor. And he was back in this Utah game, and it was so good to see him. Yeah, it was hard not to imagine, like, what impact with, would Kenrich have right. on that very, very young second unit. It's clear he's a stabilizer. Definitely. And we saw him do exactly what Kenrich do, right? <laughs> he goes out there. He is all over the floor. He was taking really high-quality shots, and you saw that with the points that he was able to put up in the amount of time he had out there. And you could tell the guys liked having him back out there, too. And it was just, it was just a really, really good sight for Kenrich. Yeah. Yeah, a slick little backdoor bounce pass also oh, yeah. to, to JRE. I mean, Kenrich is going to be a guy that just gets in where he fits in. And you look at the stat line. I mean, that's like what you're going to see from him this year, probably. Mark Dagnalt has committed to mm -hmm. having him come off the bench with that second unit. He said, you know, it's, it's not that Kenrich can't play 30 to 35 minutes and be effective, but on a night-in, night-out basis, when you're going to get the best out of Kenrich Williams, it's going to be in this 15 to 20 to 22-minute range, mm -hmm. and he's going to be able to give you everything he's got for that time period. I love, we talked to Josh Giddy about Kenrich, and he said that Kenrich was one of his favorite teammates just mm -hmm. because of his hustle and his the effort that he brings every single time that he steps onto the floor. I mean, we knew that about Kenrich, right. but it's cool to see the rookies see that as well. All right, so we have already talked so much about it, this regular season opener for the Thunder. We got a chance to see the rookies for the first time, and it was in a raucous Utah crowd. And so, Gallo, what were some of your biggest takeaways after seeing this game? Yeah, I think that there were a couple moments where the ball stuck mm -hmm. a little bit, and that's understandable. This Utah defense, as we've kind of talked about, it is so difficult to carve out seams against. And, and both Mark and Kenrich Williams said, the key against them, and, and this has been said ad nauseum over the past you know, five years when this Utah team has really gone on the rise, is you have to be so disciplined and so patient against Utah and let the play develop as long as you possibly can. When you're up against that 24-second shot clock, that's a very difficult thing to do. You get that little timer in the back of your mind and you start to feel like, okay, I got to go. I got I to gotta try to make something happen here. So really, you know, as the thunder grows and evolves, they're going to have to be able to pull the big away from the basket yep. and, and do a little bit more offensively to generate cleaner angles to the rim and ones where they're not driving into, you know, seven footers, Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside time and time again. And they were doing a really good job of that throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there were times where the ball was sticking and they weren't really getting to the looks that they wanted to get to, or maybe just going off of the first action against a, a high caliber team like, like Utah. But they, throughout the game, you could tell that they knew what the game plan was. They needed to get the ball side to side. They needed to try to get the bigs out towards the perimeter yeah. and try to work their way into the possession so that they could get the best shot possible. The shots weren't necessarily falling in that game, but that was a really good indicator that they were following the game plan that night. A, a huge number that I want to throw to you, just speaking of following the game plan, is zero. Fast break points yes. for Utah in the game. 
that is unbelievable for a young team mm-hmm. laden with so many rookies, so many young guys in that rotation to not give up anything easy in a road environment that's just begging you to to let off the gas for just a second and, and kind of ease up in transition. Well, there are a lot of factors that go into that. Obviously, Utah is a really good team. They're able to get out on the break and find those shots, especially from the three-point line. That is where they live out on the break. But not turning the ball over. I mean, the Thunder did have a few of them, but t- taking care of the ball. And then when you do turn the ball over, sprinting back on de- in, mm-hmm. on defense, finding a man, protecting the rim. Those are all key things that this Thunder group showed in that game. And Gallo, another thing that I want to point out is the three-point shooting percentage for Utah yeah. that, that night. It was 29%. And this is a team that led the NBA in three-pointers made and attempted last season, and they were fourth overall this preseason in terms of percentage of total points from the three-point line. Well, I think those two numbers are interconnected, the zero fast break points and then the low three-point shooting percentage mm-hmm. by Utah because, uh, Paris, as you know as a player, when you're when you're running, when you've got an open floor, when you've got a, a three-on-two in semi-transition, those three-pointers are like shooting downhill. You right. Know? <laughs> and, and when you're having to manufacture them against the shot clock in the half court, it feels like those are more uphill that mm-hmm. that you're having to really like build the energy behind the ball to be able to create enough of a, of a look that you can really step into it. And some of those threes that Utah did get in the half court were good looks, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were after you know really having to to play with stamina and throughout the course of possession, and that can be a little exhausting right before you're about to toss up that three. Knowing that you have to be in a sharp shell defensively, mm-hmm. but also sprint out and close out hard to shooters that that's a tough thing to grasp and it was really good to see that the thunder was able to get that done in that home in that regular season opener against utah gal one other thing i wanted to point out was darius baisley because this is a guy obviously he's coming into his third season and I, i found it so interesting i even brought this up in the broadcast that the last time the thunder opened up their regular season against utah was october of 2019 that was darius baisley's nba debut And so you look now, two seasons later, now he's entering into his third season, and he just looks so much more comfortable out there. He looks a lot more poised. Obviously, he has put on a lot more muscle, and he put that on display against Utah with a couple of emphatic dunks back-to-back in that third quarter. You could tell that he was playing with some force. The baseline drive and finish through Whiteside for a dunk in the and one was sensational. It was one of the plays Mm -hmm. of the game, and it was one of those moments that we haven't gotten to experience in so long, Paris, where the road crowd sort of, like, yeah. they, they don't say anything. <laughs> you know, it's like when somebody drops a plate at, at a restaurant and everybody just kind of gets it's quiet. Kind of a like, shush yeah, like, yeah, like, okay, don't say anything. Don't make them feel bad. Like, just move on and pretend <laughs> that it didn't happen. Right. And, and that's exactly what happened uh, with the Utah fans when Baisley went baseline and just yammed all over Hassan Whiteside. Um, so, you know, he did that. He had a really nice finish to end the third quarter as well. Um, just, you know, understand understood time score situation Bayes is definitely coming into his his own a lot more I love what coach Dagnall said after the game that those were obviously plays where Darius popped offensively Mm -hmm. but he didn't have a perfect night right like he really kind of struggled early on in that third quarter and what coach Dagnall pointed out was it was quick for Darius to be able to turn that around and re-energize and ignite himself to get those energizing plays offensively, whereas that might have taken a little bit longer for him to get to that energy 
in his previous two seasons. And so that's those are those signs of improvement throughout the season that we're going to start to see from some of these young guys is not necessarily the, the numbers that they put up or the, the big, giant, posterizing plays, but maybe some of the mentality that they have throughout the game. Yeah, we saw the 15 points, but I think the seven rebounds is also indicative yes. of where he is. That's going to be a number to keep an eye on with Bays all season long. When he's rebounding, when he's active, when he's playing physically in the other aspects of the game, that's going to just really determine to you as the viewer whether he's playing well or not that night. Definitely a great starting point for this Thunder group heading into this 82 slate game of in their regular games in their regular season. We're going to take a short break here, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Coop L Works is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewer of fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 calorie ice chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLWorks.com. Before we let you go, we got to let you know what's on tap for this Thunder crew for the rest of the week. And as I mentioned off the top, the next game for this group is on Friday against Houston. That is going to be their second game of the regular season from there. The crew returns home. How about this, Gallo, to open up at home in Paycom Center against the 76ers on Sunday? Yeah, three incredible matchups for the Thunder in this first opening week. You've got Philly on Sunday, then you've got Golden State on Tuesday, and then the Lakers on Wednesday. What a back-to-back in the middle of the week. We'll have our next podcast show for you on Monday, so be sure to tune in. And be sure to check out our Bally Sports Oklahoma broadcast. All 82 games this season will be there. And of course... Come down to Paycom Center. We'll be there. You'll get to see Paris. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And you, Gallo, of course. (laughs) And as always, tune in to OKCThunder.com for all of those game recaps and previews. We've got you covered there on all things game coverage. But until then, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later.